I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Gets in the paint, floats it into Porzingis, knocked out of his hand, saved to Kleba. Kleba back out, Doncic, three pointer, bang! Luka Doncic from downtown! And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co host, contributor at Mavs.com. Oh, man, the weekend warrior, the clutch win wonder. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Let's go, Mavs. This Let's is what go, we've been Mavs. waiting for. We need, a, we need a, bit, a big win. Not going to lie, full transparency. If this was a loss, you wouldn't be getting a pod um, today. <laughs> uh, if this was a direct quote from me, a boring win, uh, <laughs> you wouldn't be getting a pod today. But this was a big win. I mean, I know it's a Warriors team who's missing a lot of people, but uh, a Warriors team that had our, I mean, the greatest shooter of all time, in my opinion. Yes. And for me, in person, I was there, got to see this thing in person. It's the greatest shooting performance I've ever seen by a player in person. 11 of 19 from three, Steph Curry. Goodness gracious. Just I've, absolutely torched. I honestly felt like every shot was going in. Every that single shot. Did. And, I mean, a lot of his threes weren't just, I mean, I saw people joking on Twitter of, Hey, get a hand up. I'm like there were hands in his Many. face. Everything was in his face. You could put anything. Godzilla uh, could be in his face and he would hit it. Yeah. But what about Kong though? I don't understand that debate, by the way. If Steph Curry was guarded by Godzilla or King Kong, who would be better at, at stopping him? Who would Steph Curry have a better percentage against? Oh, Godzilla for sure. He'd have a better percentage against Godzilla? Yeah, the mobility is not there. There's no arms there. The, the wingspan no. is real lacking with Godzilla, for sure. Yeah. For sure. All right, on today's spot, Isaac and I are breaking down the Mavericks 134 to 132. Defense is optional win over the Golden State Warriors. And uh, yeah, we're breaking this down. Tomorrow, we're still going to do a pod after the Super Bowl. So that's we're still gonna breaking do down the Super Bowl. Breaking down, <laughs> breaking down the Super Bowl. So uh, you get this one. We'll also have one for Monday as well. So don't worry. Some of you people like to to plan out when you have when you have pods and stuff. And you're like, oh, I'm gonna save this one for Monday. Don't save it for Monday. Listen to it now. It's good. It's all good. Don't worry about it. So the Mavs get the win. It's a clutch win. Finally, the Mavericks get a clutch win, and they uh, on the back of Luca's 42 points, 11 assists, seven boards. He had seven turnovers, but Hit seven threes. There's something about that number seven just real it stuck out. Seven boards, seven turnovers, seven made threes. But he hit seven of he hit seven of twelve threes. And man, if if it wasn't for Steph Curry going off just like, like gangbusters, right? Cur- like Luca's shooting would have been the story of the game. I think the, the Mavericks team looks so different when Luca is hitting these shots. Because all of a sudden it opens up so much more. The teams have to respect him from three. I think I saw, um, oh, I saw somebody on Twitter, a national media person on Twitter say, "Do you think that the teams are realizing that Luca's not really a good three point shooter?" And at a certain point at, during the season, it's, it's okay to ask that, right? If he's shooting twenty five percent, shooting twenty eight percent, whatever he's shooting, you know, at some point you're like, "Well, do I respect this still?" If he's not going to hit, if he's not ever going to hit in the, you know high thirties, high to mid thirties. And so he comes out and has a performance like this and the offense just looks so different, right? Because 
Uh, oh, I think it, this was this was Austin Correa, but he said it almost is unfair when Luca's hitting threes. <laughs> like it just seems yeah. unfair for the offense because if he hits the three, that means you have to step up on him. You step up on him, all of a sudden he can get by you with his quick first step. And even if he doesn't get by you on his quick first step, he can back most people down. It, right? It, he has the, all three of those options in his bag when he's hitting the three. When he's not, it's kind of a different story. He has to he has to work a lot harder when his threes are, are not hitting. And so when he does, he doesn't have to work as hard. And that worked out, especially in a game where they needed their extra legs late in the game. Um, You sp- you said something about uh, people respecting Lucas three-pointer. Uh, for some reason, the Mavericks respect Draymond Green's three-pointer. <laughs> I don't, I do not understand this. This was driving me nuts. This was my thing going into this game. He had five shot attempts last game. He had two, two shot attempts, not just threes, two shot attempts in this entire game. I, I just didn't understand why so, like why are we not giving Draymond Green five feet so, six feet I have a theory I think it's I think it was more about the passing lanes than it was about his three his three point shot I think they were trying to cut off him at, at his passing lanes because if you step off from him all of a sudden he has all this room to just navigate passing lanes and but I it think, didn't work well he's yeah. had fifteen assists in both games <laughs> I mean <laughs> I just think that that's maybe what they were trying to do maybe not stop his three-point shot. I mean, they he gave up did- 279 points to the Warriors <laughs> in two games. I'm not saying it worked. I'm just saying I think that's what the- – we're not here to say what – you know, if we uh, – we know – we're just here to say what, what they were trying to do, not necessarily what would have worked and what not. If we were I- if we were doing that, we'd be working for the team. Well, I saw – yes. <laughs> I, saw, I saw some people heading into this game saying, you know what, I'll tell you one thing. The Mavericks are not going to let this Warriors team put up 140 on them again. They didn't. Got really dang close. <laughs> it was 132. That is not 140 last time I checked. They 132 know. points. But I will say this. In a weird way, I felt like the effort – I mean, I think even Coop was trying to phrase this this way in his uh, post-game question that I know you, 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 like, they gave up a lot of uh, a lot of points, but they like the effort looked different tonight. You know, like they, yeah, they looked sure. like they cared more just – Dwight Powell's diving out of bounds. I mean, amazing. His best play in his career. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just saying, I thought it was really impressive. Stop. And Stop. top 10, top 10. That's Let's just so say top mean. 10. That's so mean. <laughs> top he 10. did get tweeted by the NBA. Like a hustle play to get tweeted by the NBA account is that's pretty big. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, I, but <laughs> I mean, honestly, best play of his career. <laughs> he, <laughs> he hustles a lot. Willie is just gone. I guess, right? Him and, him and Josh Green are are hanging out uh, over at Jimmy John's across the street so, right now. So you, you talk about the effort, right? And I think the effort was definitely different. Remember, somebody tweeted at me. I want to figure out who it was. It was a long time ago. There's a lot of tweets between here and now. But uh, somebody tweeted at me. You called. Say, you're about to find a tweet. You called this. Uh, you. It's, this is your fault talking to me that you said on the last pod, I would have just rather had Curry go off and dominate instead of like Kelly Oubre go off. <laughs> and then that's what happened in this game. <laughs> Luca to- or, uh, Curry totally went off, but the Mavericks still got the win, which is good. Uh, yeah, if Curry's going to go off like this, like a lot of these shots were contested and they were working around those screens and they're trying. And the Draymond Curry thing, is it's real, right? That's, that's real synergy yeah. that they've worked over how many games have those guys played together, right? It's a million. It's incredible how the number of games counting finals and all that kind of stuff and playoff runs and, and everything. So like, I'm okay losing, losing points or losing the battle to a team like that, especially when Curry's going off. 
greatest shooter in NBA history. You're totally fine with that. I'm not okay if Kelly Oubre is going off for 40. If Wiggins would have gotten like 35 in this game instead of 22. And even his 22 is probably still too much, right? Kent Bazemore getting 20 off the bench. That's that's too much, right? It's those kind of plays. Yeah. Those players you have to try and, and cut off, especially if Curry's going off like that. But they tried to kind of get the best of both worlds where they tried to cut off Curry, and he was just – on fire but then whenever the Mavericks doubled Curry which they did a, a couple times especially in the fourth quarter they're doubling him with KP and Maxi, which was really interesting yeah. so they're trying to double Maxi on Steph was was brutal <laughs> he's he's not he, he doesn't have his legs yet to do that and even at Maxi at his best probably doesn't isn't able to do that but they were trying to do that but then the, the Warriors were able to get the ball back to Draymond Draymond was able to find the open man and guys were hitting their shots the Warriors 20 of 45 from three so they still were hitting their open shots. Uh, Draymond, I guess, I guess eleven of those was Curry. So I, uh, yes, <laughs> I guess I should count some of them. But role players still hit their shots. So the Mavericks defense, though, this is what I want to say about the efforts. Yes, their, their defense was a little bit better, and if they let Curry go off, that's fine. But it can be, you know, talked about in two plays, right? Dwight diving out of bounds, and then Tim Hardaway Jr. taking that charge at the end of the game. Tim Hardaway Jr. got the defensive player of the game belt literally just because of that play. Jamal Mosley then Dwight should have gotten it. Jamal Mosley mentioned it after the game when they gave him the belt, and it's on it's on Mavs Instagram and Twitter, I think. The video is. And so you can you can look up there. He mentioned that play specifically. And honestly, I don't think his defense was that great. It wasn't good enough to garner a defensive player the game belt. <laughs> However, he did get that 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 uh, charge at the end of the game against Draymond. A massive and that was play a, too. That yeah. was a huge play. And so yeah, if you're gonna give it to him for just one play, then yeah. I probably would have given it to Josh Richardson again, but uh, you can't give it to Josh Richardson if Curry is 57. <laughs> no, 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 you can't. It would have uh, been an effort. If it would have been an effort play for him. Draymond, I want to say this real quick about Draymond. Y'all, if you've been listening to this pod for a while, you know how much I love Draymond. He's the ultimate, like, you have to watch somebody play basketball and not the box score. Because you can look at his box score tonight and see, like, 0 of 2 or whatever it was, 15 assists and – but the dude was still plus seven and what he means to that team. I, yeah, I want him on this Mavericks team really, really <laughs> bad. Uh, just everything about it. We, we were taught, we've been talking the last couple of games and you were like, ah, oh, man, Chris Paul be great. Ah, oh, Draymond is like, get Chris Paul and Draymond on this Mavs team right now. Like give up whoever you can besides, besides like uh Luca and Maxi and Dorian and KP. This team wins a title right now. Chris oh, Paul, Luca, Draymond. Draymond, KP. Oh man, Straight Draymond and Luca interact so much. That's one of my favorite things about being at the arena right now. Um, is just being able to watch timeout stuff before the game and all of that. And Luca and Draymond interact so much during like time, like going, you know, jabbering back and forth. But it's a lot of it's like fun too. Like in the middle of the game, they met up at like the. Um, the scores table, like kind of half hugged and was laughing at each other. There's definitely a mutual respect there. Draymond was talking to Rachel Nichols, who was in the house tonight. I actually walked past her on the way out the door. Uh, should have just grabbed her and asked her if she could be on locked on maps. That, I should have asked her. Missed opportunity. Yeah. Way shorter in person than you think. <laughs> right? Yes, she is. Well, I mean, I, it's not <laughs> like I think she's six foot eight, but <laughs> but no, uh, but yeah, Draymond and Luca. That video with uh, with Rachel Nichols, Draymond had the other day. You know, he spoke highly of Luca and stuff. There's a mutual respect there. It looks like. 
Yeah, so when he's when he's washed up in like five years, the, he'll come on the Mavs, and that's that's when they'll get him. Uh, all right, coming up, let's break down some more of this game. Lots more to talk about. Luca, forty-two points, eleven assists. We'll get into him and talk more about this Mavericks team. And uh, is this a turning point for him? We'll talk about that coming up. All right, Isaac Harris. Uh, by the way, so many other podcasts. If you're if you're into the NFL, locked on Chiefs, locked on Bucks. Tons of stuff for the Super Bowl. If you're looking for a pod, you're like, ah, oh, I want to know more about these teams before I watch the Super Bowl tonight, then go listen to both of those pods, Lockdown NFL. They just did – listen to the crossover one. That's the one you should listen to. Uh, Lockdown Chief, Lockdown Bucks, they did a crossover. I believe they also put it on Lockdown NFL podcast. Go listen to that one. That will tell you a lot about these two teams. And so uh, it's good stuff. All right. Um, Luka Doncic. He's next level, man. Like, <laughs> just – 42, 11, and 7 in this game. He was plus 18, uh, the highest plus minus of anybody. Like, literally, when he was on the floor, the Mavericks were a really, really good team. When he was off the floor, the Mavericks were an okay to bad team. Can um, we talk about that real quick? About when the, he was off the floor? This, is what this I was rotation gonna, was this, weird. This is what I was going to get into. The rotations have, have changed, right? We thought maybe last game, we mentioned after the, the last post game that there was some kind of weird thing with, with rotations. We know that Porzingis wants to play longer stretches in the first quarter, at least, and then probably longer stretches whenever he plays. And so last game against the Warriors, Luka went out a little early and Porzingis stayed in. And we thought this was just because of foul trouble. Luka picked up two early fouls. But in this game, that didn't happen. And Porzingis stayed in a little bit longer, and Luca went out. And it turned over the, the whole rotation, right? Because usually the rotation is. Luca plays the whole first quarter. Porzingis plays about half the first quarter. And then Porzingis starts the second quarter. And then Luca comes in about halfway through the second quarter or so and plays. Then he plays the whole third quarter, and then, you know, and so on, right? And in this game, Porzingis played – This it was just – there's so much, like – subbing in and out subbing in and out for those guys Luca played up until about 651 in the first quarter and then Porzingis stayed in and then Luca came back in at 516 and then he stayed in with KP and then KP went out with about uh three minutes left in the first quarter so they were just they were trying to change all kinds of things and then Luca started the second quarter so all this to say this is all convoluted way of saying that it looks like KP got his way with the rotations and it looks like this is what they're going to do what did you think about the change I think it just shows that they're still tinkering. I mean, we we joked a few games back uh, that when these guys were coming back, uh, you know, from COVID and Josh and Maxie and all these guys, that it's gonna be a little bit like preseason. That they're a lot of the stuff of them figuring out rotations and combination of players. I mean, we saw a lineup tonight where Tim was basically the four. I mean, if you want to consider Luca still the you know the one, it was like Luca Brunson, Josh, Tim, and Dwight and you know I, I text you i'm like well this is a different lineup they're still playing around with lineups i mean they're still throwing guys out there you know trey burke was thrown in, into a few lineups but you know rick was this is basically they're running playoff stuff right now okay i mean they're running an eight-man rotation yeah minutes wise and i don't think it's ideal i don't think it's something that's sustainable running an eight-man rotation all year i think ideally at this point you are playing you know guys like willie and james johnson and josh green at least like a few minutes but they don't really have that luxury now because i don't know if you know some of our listeners know this there's not a lot of time <laughs> and <laughs> do exactly where you're going with that. and this is i mean this is like where they're at so he's playing the you know the best guys that you know he has these eight guys and saying all right, we have to win win basketball games, and 
But in the midst of that, he's still tinkering with lineups and stuff too. So yeah, I thought that was intriguing. Like when when these guys are playing. I mean, Luca and KB, that's the main ones. It's like yeah, when is Luca coming out? He's Luca's been on that Dirk, you know, rotation, you know, for the most part that Dirk was on for so many years. So when that is like broken, and you know, some people might be listening to saying, Who gives a crap about when Luca's playing his minutes and all that stuff? It's just a nerdy type thing. Like if you follow the Mavs, we've been following this and, you know, Luca being on that Dirk, you know, minute kind of setup or plan. And when that was kind of broken up, then yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. I, I think, I think it really matters though. Like it, it matters for this team when Luca plays and when he doesn't. And I also think it matters what happens with Porzingis, right? I think that's what, that's the real thing about this for me is that it seemed like Carlisle, you can say he caved or you can say he decided to compromise or he decided to, um, give in to what Porzingis wanted to do, but Porzingis has been saying publicly and privately that he wants to play more minutes and play a longer stretch at the beginning. And for the last two games, that's happened. To and Luca's rotation has been changed. I don't think Luca cares, right? And that's probably why it doesn't matter to he most. He could. Fans. He could though. I mean, I think it's a communication between all three parties, right? It's Luca, yeah, KP, yeah. coaching staff is saying, "All right, well, if Luca's been used to the Dirk, you know, game plan of basically, hey, all first quarter, half. The, let's just say for the heck of it, half the, you know." half the second, all the third, half the fourth, second yeah. half the fourth, basically. Like, if that's the, you know, the plan that Luca's been on, but then KP saying, hey, I want a different plan, then you almost have to kind of approach Luca in a way of saying, all right, can you, you know, we want to switch up yours a little bit. And then that for that tonight, you know, they, they took him out for like two minutes in the first, but then brought him back, and then he yeah. started the second. <laughs> so, you know, they're still tinkering with it, and I think it shows something with, you know, these players too, and a guy like Luca saying, all right, if I have to, you know, throw around my rotation a little bit to help KP play extended minutes, then I'll do it. So, which, cool. which is why I don't think that Luca really cares. I think Luca goes out there. He's like, play me whenever you play me. Just, you know, I, I just want to be out there a certain number of minutes. As long as I hit those minutes, I'm fine. I don't think he cares when it's Porzingis is the one that cares when, and that's what, that's what's changed. So, uh, I, I'm not saying it's, I don't even know if that's a good thing or bad thing, but it is. Uh, if, if Luca doesn't like it, then it's a bad thing, right? If he, if he, if he <laughs> yes, doesn't we, care, which is what I think, then it doesn't matter at all. Uh, first quarter. So this is this goes back to our rotation thing, right? The Mavericks st- go out an 18-2 run to start the game. And then uh, Curry hits a four-point play, and then they sub all the guys in. They sub all the guys. So Luka goes out. Porzingis stays in. After that, the uh, the Warriors go on a 17 to tw- or a 29-17 to run against the Mavericks. I guess it's not a run, but they, they – outscore the Mavericks 29 to 17 after those changes. And so some of this is going to be experimentation and figuring out what works. And I don't know if that necessarily worked in the first quarter. Uh, but like you said, this is the first time, first couple of games still, the Mavericks have had their full rotation and full complement of players. And so it's like preseason. They're trying to figure out rotations in that way. That first quarter felt like a game in itself. <laughs> it was, so, it was long. so long. It was, it was like, like 40, 40 45 yeah. minutes. And, you know, the Mavericks are in the bonus for a while. I think there was like 15 or 16 free throws in that first quarter. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, it was like the Mavericks dominate, then the Warriors dominate. It was just a wild first quarter. But I think, you know, something that, you know, you're talking about these guys coming back, you know, Maxi, you know, I thought he had some interesting quotes after the game. One, he yeah. hits that massive three. I mean, Clutch, the biggest, huge. you know, biggest shot of the game, I guess. And I, I was so happy for him. You know, a lot of us up there in the media, area you know we we're all like hyped and, you know it, i was mainly with maps people so uh you know uh but anyway super super cool for him especially just coming back from everything he briefly talked about it in post game of just how hard it was you know just not being around the team and not even doing anything for 20 days and he's like just coming back and 
get my legs back and all of that. So I was so happy to see see that three go down for him. And shout out to his beard. Nice, nice full, bigger beard now. He's rocking the, uh, yeah, he just needs to go full like Dirk. You know that, you know, the vintage beard, long hair Dirk. Oh, is it the what 500 if, beard? What if we, what if we got like long hair Maxi? Whoa, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> you know who's not ready for that? Who? Anyone. <laughs> But he mentioned he mentioned something after the game, and you know Rick uh, briefly talked about it with uh, uh, about you know Cubans talk to the team before the game and about the focus on body language, and I thought that was really intriguing. Maxi, he was asked after the game and saying, "Hey, you know, basically what stood out to you tonight or something, blah blah blah," and he's like, "Our body language," and. <laughs> And, you know, it's ironic because we've you know, heard a lot, you know, Zach Lowe and everybody's talking about Lucas body language lately. And don't you know, say I was, it. Uh, <laughs> don't say it. And uh, yeah. And people have been tweeting at us, wanting us to talk about it on the pod. I'm sure we will. Maybe that's something we can talk about tomorrow night uh, for, mon- for Monday's top pod. But that has been something. It's like when you don't ha- when you have bad body language as a team or as a leader, it just infects the whole team. And the fact that that was a, a point of emphasis. And I watched Lucas so much tonight and he seemed so happy. He seemed, I was just locked in on him. I I have, I coined them the Jonathan Sharks binoculars because Sharks <laughs> uh, was one of the first people I've ever seen bring binoculars to the game as media. So now I bring binoculars. And I was, I've been bringing binoculars since before Sharks. <laughs> and, uh, but I watched since Lucas. Since before you knew Sharks at least. <laughs> that's, that's true. Uh, I watched Lucas so much tonight, just with his teammates. He was up off the bench so much, welcoming. There was a point to where multiple guys checked out, and it was just random in the like, second quarter. And they checked out of the game, and he like walked up where Carla was and was like greeting them coming off the you know court and like hitting them. Was like walking to the bench. I'm like, what is going on? And now it all made sense that that was like a huge emphasis for them. And I hope that continues because when Lucas having fun and he's smiling. That's when it's contagious. That's what, even in my Luca piece that I wrote, Willie Colley Stein, Porzingis, them guys saying, when he's just out there having like fun and just carefree, like playing basketball, that's it, it just, it's so infectious for the team. So uh, I think it was really cool to see the body language, not just for Luca, but for everybody tonight. The Mavericks take Luca's lead, right? They, yeah. take, they take his lead based on his, his tone and his, you know, his body language and all that. And so when he's, whining or complaining depending on which word you, you want to use when he's complaining Both. to the, the refs and all that and he's he's down and all that the Mavericks take take their cue from him and so when he's feeling the joy and the, and the chemistry is high then that's huge they've also there's probably a connection between the amount of home games they've played and their chemistry right they're not having to travel and yeah uh, I, don't, I don't even know what their travel looks like right now right probably not the same you know community like like they're probably not as like spending as much time together when they travel. Like they just go back to their hotel rooms and be alone. And who knows what, what's going on. So playing cards on the plane, I guess. <laughs> All right, coming up, let's get into some more of this game. Some of the other guys that deserve some shout outs. We talked about Tim Hardaway jr. Got the defensive player, of the game belt, but Josh Richardson underrated game. Definitely not getting enough love in this game. Dorian, another really great game in this one. Talked about Maxi a little bit, but have to talk about him again. And uh, the Mavs might have found a lineup that can actually get them out of this. So we'll talk about all that coming up. All right, Isaac Harris. So we talked about Luka. We've talked about Porzingis. Actually, we didn't get into too much about Porzingis' game. So we'll talk about that a little bit. 18 points, 10 boards, five offensive boards, which is huge. Three assists, only one foul, one turnover. He was 7 of 18 from the field. Not very good. 0 of 3 from 3. But he got some post-ups, and he looked 
I mean, when he when he got some nice good position post ups. Everything we said over the last pod, the last pod was correct, right? If he can get deep in the post, if he can find a way, right, catch a defender off guard and plant himself and get the defender on his back, then all of a sudden he can shoot over the top of anybody, and it worked out in this game. And he was able to kick out to some guys, and he had what do you have three assists in this game, and he probably should have had a couple more, but. When he's able to get deep position in the post, it's just completely different for his game. And so I think that's where he has to start getting going. And if his three ball's not falling, then he has to keep doing that. And it works well for the Mavs. And it gives Luka some breaks, right? When when Porzingis yeah. is able to do that, it gives Luka some some um, some rest during a game. And so that's when that's when Luka can have more to give at the end, which I think is And he, and he wants important. the ball down there. Like, he wants those touches. So it's not just a, hey, we're going to try to force that. But <laughs> he, wants, he wants touches everywhere. Let's, he let's he does. He, does. he <laughs> wants touches at the three-point line, in the post, in the mid-range, free-throw line. But he has to get better at pinning his opponents, though. That's the thing. Like, we saw a couple, you know, Thompson and I, to where Luka and them, they wanted to try to get him the ball. But, you know, Luka tried forcing it one time, but they just collapsed too quick or somebody jumped around him. Draymond jumped around him one time, I know, and just took the ball. He has to get better at that, and he just has to be more physical. And, I mean, it's he's not Embiid. He's not Jokic. You know, when those guys go to the block and they, they you know, turn around and pin their guy, they have him legit pinned. You're like, you're not getting around Embiid or Jokic. Porzingis, a little bit, you know, lighter, you know, in, in the frame and all of that. He's well, just going to have... His frame is just thinner, right? Like, Embiid, yeah. if, you, I don't, if you guys have never stood next to Embiid, I've stood next to him at a couple summer leagues and at games. The, the guy is like, you'd think he was two and a half, three feet wide. Like, yeah. it is just incredible how wide his shoulders are to stand next to him and to imagine trying to get around that guy. Jokic is kind of the same way, but Porzingis just more of a, like a smaller frame. Yeah. And so th- that's the thing. It's, you know, so much of about it, you know, that entry pass is making sure that you have, you know, the post up guy has the guy, you know, pinned down. So that's where that in the position, if he can get, you know, position and get that guy pinned around the restricted area and they get him the ball, sign me up. Let's do that. Get in, get in those touches. And we saw that tonight. He had different, you know, a little jump hook, different little shot right there. I mean, that's that should be all day for him. So it's just whenever he's posting up Draymond, you know, eight feet from the basket, ten feet, and he's trying to just shoot over the top of Draymond. I was just shaking my head. He, you know, he did that a few times tonight. It was a. I was shaking my head before he even shot. I'm like, no, 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 please don't. And it was a brick. And it's just that he's not there. Could he get there? Maybe, hopefully, but restricted area post ups. Let's keep going with that kp we want that all right so a couple of guys that had some huge impact in this game uh dorian fin- well sorry josh richardson 17 points for him he was five of eight for the field four of six from three the three ball is starting to fall for josh richardson and that is a massively good sign for the mavericks he only had two rebounds and one assist uh three turnovers but he guarded steph curry a lot and that, that was really tough for him but scoring wise he, he added a lot especially when tim hardaway jr couldn't get his shot going early uh, well, I, I do want to mention this about Garden Steph Curry. Steph is, I know so much of us, we see the highlights and it's just Steph shooting, like shooting the bombs. Okay, I get it. Steph is one of the best off ball players I've ever seen. This dude runs through, and, and Kerr runs so much, so brilliant like sets for him yep. to get open and just weave through the lane and they, you know, just guys moving everywhere. And he comes off screens and shoots it so well. So, I know it's the whole like Josh guarded him and he had 57, 
but so many of those were high pick and rolls to where KP and the, the bigs were still dropping and, and you know Steph's just shooting right over the top of them. So many of them were them picking Josh coming through the lane or coming off a screen and Steph's just catching it on the run and launching it. So I don't want to put a lot of it on Josh of the 57 from Steph because they just run so much to get Steph open. And the drop, yeah, the drop coverages tonight against Steph <laughs> took, you know, took a few days off my life. But, you know, when, when I got, you know, it's the greatest shooter ever. But, but still, Josh, yes, he is coming into uh, his groove again. Shout out to preseason, Josh. Do we remember those days when he shot 80% from, right? you know, from three and you know, he couldn't miss? <laughs> and we were all joking back then of like, yeah, Steph, I mean, Seth, who? And it's like, what? You know, this is, we didn't even trade offense, you know? <laughs> Throw back to those days in the preseason. But I, I think, you those know, those jokes are fun. They were fun. He, yeah, he'll, he'll be fine. I love Josh and this team. I will say, though, Rick went with Tim over Josh Lake, and that's something I made a, a note on, that Tim was getting a lot of uh, those crunch time late fourth quarter minutes. It was Tim who drew the charge against Draymond, not Josh. Josh wasn't out there. So um, somebody even DM'd me about it tonight. They're like, hey, something happened with Josh. You know, that he, he played Tim over Josh, you know, a lot – of those late minutes in the fourth. And that's something I'll, I'll monitor a little bit. I, yeah, there's, there's definitely different things you can pull from that. I, maybe part of it is legs to me. You talked about Maxi, what he said after the game, he said, Maxi said when he came back from COVID, it hurt during the first couple of practices and the first couple of games that he's played. And he still feels slow. He still feels like he doesn't have his legs under him. Really doesn't feel like he's back physically. And that man, we forget about that still. Like I, I'm still giving these guys some credit and some more patience, right? Yeah. And so part of me thinks that it might have been it might have been something like that, right? If late in the game, he's played 30 minutes already, and you want to give a, a guy that has some more legs better run because all you're doing with Steph is just like running around screens, right, and trying to chase him off ball, like you said. And so you want the guy that maybe has his legs a little bit more under him than than somebody like that. So that could be something that you could pull from that. But Dorian Finney-Smith, man, he looks I mean, he looks back. <laughs> He's 2 of 5 again from 3 in this game. Six boards, three of them offensive. Did you know that Dorian Finney-Smith's a good offensive rebounder? I didn't know if our listeners knew that. He's He was big in this game. A couple of assists for him. Maxi though. Four threes oh, in the Maxie, game. 16 go, points, eight boards, three offensive boards, four assists for Maxi Kleba. Just making the right play. These three guys. Dorian, Maxi, and Josh Richardson are so important for the Dallas Mavericks. And, it's, and when yeah. they were all out, this team was like a shell of itself, and we, we've all seen it. So the Mavericks going forward, they're playing all these guys' playoff minutes, right, or, or close to it. Luka played 38 minutes in this game, huge minutes for him. Um, Christoph Porzingis played 31 minutes. Maxi played 32 minutes coming off of, you know, COVID very recently. Dorian played 35 minutes. Richardson played 31 minutes. Tim Hardaway off the bench played 27. Jalen played 22. Dwight Powell played 16. And then Trey Burke only played like one shift, five minutes, and nobody else played. Yeah. After the game, when when they came into huddle, uh, a video on for the, that the Mavs posted, Carlisle said, these are going to be hard. All of these are going to be hard. And they're 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 running it right now. They're, they're running through it and saying, let's just put our best foot forward, literally just play a playoff rotation and act like these games are, you know, life or death for this team. Because if this team – dropped like five more games all of a sudden they're right like they're way under 500 and it, yeah. it's really hard to get out of that hole like the mavericks won this game and don't look now 
they're still second to last place in the West, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, it's crazy right now. You have to – like teams like the Kings, Kings have won six of their last seven games, and that's a team we thought sucked, right? And the only team that really sucks in the West right now is the Timberwolves. And the so, team that's coming to town on Monday. Right. So you ho- hopefully you take advantage of that. Right. And so the Mavericks, they, they have to really put their best foot forward. And, um, yeah, my, 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 I guess my point to that is that they're playing these playoff minutes and these games really matter to them. And hopefully yeah. if they can get back to, to where they want to be in the playoff, then they can start expanding the rotation. But I don't think it's going to – I think it's going to be like this for a little while until they get out of this hole. Couple, couple of stat things real quick. They had six players in double figures tonight. I mean, that's massive. Um, I don't want to coin these guys. I don't want to like as the the COVID guys, but the, the four guys who were in that group had 51 combined points. That's massive. We I won't mean, treat it like the 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 China trip or the when the kid Kings went to the India trip, right? Like that. We won't we won't be like pulling next that. year. Yeah, for for four months we're gonna be pulling like well these you know remember they had the, the international trip. They- <laughs> the Mavs Mavs shot 47 threes tonight. Hello. True. Uh, hit 21 of them. Huge. Yeah. Welcome back to shooting a lot of three pointers, but they also I, 27 assists in this game too, which is, I, I think that's yeah, very, that's huge. very telling too. Uh, but I want to go back to something, kind of what you're alluding to uh, a little bit ago and something you said at the very beginning of did the Mavericks turn a corner? And I just want to say, I don't know. And I, I, because we've seen the Mavericks have big wins. We've seen the Mavericks beat the Clippers by 50. We've seen them have some, you know, other similar wins to this Golden State one, where they pull off uh, an overtime win against the Nuggets, and we're like, "Let's go, this Mavericks, Mavericks team!" And then they go out and have a, you know, in the next two games, and they have just a heartbreaking, "Where's the effort? What the crap happened?" type of game. So, no, I don't, I don't want to say that they've turned a corner. I need more. I need to see more. I need to see a big win against Minnesota. I need to see another win against Atlanta. I need a three-game winning streak. I need something like that for me to say, the Mavs are back. This is the team that we all thought they would be. Get ready for this. Here's the schedule coming up. You ready? Yeah. Well, Tim Cato predicted on the Athletic a four-game winning streak. So uh, if it does not happen, I'll give we him all one better. Tim I'll give him one Twitter. better. Five game winning streak for the Dallas Mavericks. Ready? Who's after New Orleans? So Golden State, they just won. Timberwolves, Atlanta, New Orleans, Portland, Detroit, Houston. Mm. Uh, all those games are home except for Houston. And there's no back to backs in there. Oh, yeah. They're going to be at home for a while. They're at home for a while. So the, My these wife's next. not looking forward to this two weeks. Timberwolves, Timberwolves, Hawks, Pelicans, Blazers. Pistons are all at home and that Pistons game. They have two days off before it, which is, and they won't have Derek Rose. So <laughs> probably he's probably getting traded to the Knicks, but those games are huge. I, I think five game winning streak coming up for this team, maybe even six with Detroit. But uh, yeah, if they do that, all of a sudden teams totally changed around. So this is, but I, this I don't is want to you, jump ahead of ourselves either. I know because but, this Mavericks team has been too inconsistent. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm just predicting because you know we're, we're just. I'm just putting it out there in case it happens. We can point. Are back you to are it. you predicting a schedule? I'm, I'm optimistic <laughs> predicting is what I'm opti. I'm opti predicting is what. I'm Let's doing. just go through the rest of the season and predict when when. Okay, rest of the season: <laughs> Memphis, Boston, Philadelphia. <laughs> I I just pointed those out because these these are games that the Mavericks are finally not playing like Utah, Utah. and Phoenix and Steph Curry and you know Denver right like not playing these teams so. Uh, yeah, these are games must but win they, games. But they have to. <laughs> here's the thing: Monday night, Minnesota. Yeah, 
that there should be a 100% win. You can't allow Anthony Edwards to have a Kelly Oubre 40-point game and Minnesota wins by four, and we're saying, <laughs> what just happened? Yeah, would, would Anthony Edwards allow Anthony Edwards to have a 40-point <laughs> Kelly Oubre game? But that's the thing. They have to take care of business now. Yeah. Hopefully, the, uh, I'm hoping it is, but I'm saying it's too early for me. Just like I said the opposite way, it's too early for me to form an opinion on the team, You know, blah, blah, blah. blah. For sure, for sure. I want to. I want to see a couple more wins. I want to see them, you know, beat Atlanta at home and and all of that. I mean, but, heck, we might see you know Coop versus Toxin. <laughs> <laughs> but if they are going to go on a run like that, this is where you'd say they've turned a corner, right? And yes. they've turned a corner and they'll start to go on this run. If they don't, then it's a different story, right? It changes, yeah. new information, it'll change. So. All right, there you go. Guys, we will be back on Monday after the Super Bowl. Uh, go to Bet Online, by the way. If you want to put some money down, go check out that out. Make Use a prediction promo- right now. Use what's the, the promo code. What's the score? Oh, I want Chiefs. I want Chiefs like 35 to like, I don't know. What's a football score? 33, 32? You're picking Chiefs 35. I'm saying 31? Bucks 27 to 24. Oh, Bucks would be Bucks. so boring. Ugh. The Bucks. So I have Bucks, you have Chiefs. Brady getting his seventh. Is he better than Jordan? I don't know the who's the goat of all goats between like Serena, MJ, Brady. Oh, so, well, go watch Serena's video where she's showing off her trophy room, which is like this a side like add-on room. She's like, this trophy I think I won during hmm, and then this is a second place. I don't know what that's doing in here. Like to go watch that video and Serena's the goat of all goats. That's incredible. I can't wait to see Luca's trophy room one day. <laughs> He's probably got one. <laughs> there you go, guys. We'll be back on Monday. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Boom. And now, Lockdown Mavericks presents a classical reading of pettiness on Twitter. I know Kate Cunningham is a presumptive top pick next summer. Maybe even the top pick. Someone is going to have to tell me why. He's not a bad player. He's got NBA skills, but where's the pop in his game? Please, if you're going to use an analyst example, Please use almost anyone beyond the person cited. Anyway, as I said, he's a good player. He has a lot of what you want to see. I don't see special, that's just me. Others, I'm sure, will see it different. Be a better person, Chuck. You too old, set a better example. I ain't no ass kisser, and damn sure don't need your approval on today's basketball players. You're the guy who said Luca was a joke. I end my discussion here. I also, said that you're a joke and you're too old to be acting like a kid on Twitter. I'm in Dallas right now. If you've got a problem with me, come see me. I'm in Louisville right now. You got the right one, old guy. Not acting like a kid didn't say he was a bad player. He clearly was the build and some NBA stuff in his game. Just don't see the greatness in him. Acts like he's too cool for school. You're corny as You tried to on Cade. Then somebody cited me as a source and made this about Luca. Like I said, I'm in Dallas right now. If you've got a problem with me, so watch your mouth, old guy. Last time. Talk soon.